Hi, this is Jerome Gilmartin, JMJ Catholic Radio, bringing local and EWTN Catholic programming to northeastern and central Pennsylvania. Welcome to the In the Father's Hands program with Mayor Host Mary Kate Grady. Mary Kate's guests today are Missy Schmid and Catherine White, who join her from Alabama. Both have been very active in serving our Lord in many ways. Missy was an English teacher for many years and recently retired as Development Director for Archangel Radio, an EWTN affiliate in Fairhope, Alabama. And she is dedicated to the spread of Eucharistic adoration and serves as the Eucharistic Adoration Chapel Coordinator at Christ the King Catholic Parish Catholic Church in Daphne, Alabama. And Mary-Kate's other guest, Catherine White, has been very active in the Curcio movement of the Archdiocese of Mobile, Alabama, and in pro-life ministries. Catherine has taught CCD and served as the facilitator of adult formation classes, and she's also a lector and sings at Mass. Both women are married and have been blessed with children and grandchildren. Missy and Catherine have a deep love for our Lord, and this has led them to write a book about the power of Eucharistic adoration entitled, I Wait for You, Miracles on Main Street. This book contains powerful testimonies of people whose lives have been changed by Eucharistic adoration. It's a must-read for all those who want to spread the good news about spending time in the presence of Jesus in the Most Blessed Sacrament. Mary-Kate? Thank you so much, Jerry, and so good to be with you all, especially as we embark on this journey in this great season of Advent, preparing ourselves for Christmas. Um, And before we jump into the program real quickly, I just want you um, to keep JMJ Catholic Radio in your prayers as always, and especially during this Christmas season to pray for them. Um, And if you can assist them in any way, um, please go ahead and give them a call at 570-287-4670. Or you can write to them at JMJ Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 851, Pitchin, Pennsylvania, 18640. And we thank you, of course, for joining us again today. And please go ahead and open up your Bibles, as we always do, to the Gospel of St. John, Chapter 10, where Jesus tells us, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish, and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. And let us remember, especially during the season of Advent, that the Heavenly Father is holding us in his hands and guiding us, and and just wants us especially now to, to draw close to him in this season. And um, speaking of in the Father's hands, um, a way that the Heavenly Father really does show us his loving care is by allowing us to have Eucharistic adoration. And so we're excited to have these ladies joining us today to speak about that. Thank you, ladies, for coming on the program. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you. And um, <clears throat> so I, I already took my turn, Missy and Catherine. Now it's your turn, if you would, share with our listeners, um, you know, your favorite verses of Scripture and why they're meaningful to you. Well, thank you so much. Um, this is Missy speaking, and I'd like to share that um, that touches my heart that you ask that. And my favorite verse, and my children all know it, is Matthew twenty-eight twenty, 
I'm with you always until the end of the age. And it resonated with me for many, many years as I was discerning a prompting to form a, a perpetual adoration chapel here at Christ the King Parish in Daphne, Alabama, after my mother died. And I, I was um, really, really struck by the fact that um, uh, he he was very, very present to me and uh, made me want to share that with as many people as we could. So I'd asked over the years, um, different pastors here at Christ the King, um, I asked Disconnect. Pastors in particular, and we had, you know, 12-hour and 36-hour adoration that I was um, organizing, but I asked if we could go to Perpetual, and both of those pastors said no for a variety of reasons. But the third pastor I did ask, he said, go to a meeting. I want you to go to a meeting and see what they say. And Mm -hmm. by God's grace, that's the way it began 13 years ago and still going strong now with 648 guardians and uh, wow. over 200 substitutes and we have um, just a beautiful it's always turning over with new people moving into the area so praise God and so Matthew 28 20 um, is definitely very close to my heart wow that's wonderful and then Catherine share with us your favorite thank you Katie um, my favorite scripture verses change over time as circumstances in life change. But right now, I have taken into my heart um, Psalm 84, verse 4, As the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest to settle her young, my home is by your altars, Lord of hosts, my King and my God. And the reason this is so special to me is because I am one of his pilgrim sparrows, rather small and ordinary and fairly obscure, really. And um, But I have found a nest. I have made my nest near his altars, mm-hmm. and that is the Catholic faith. Um, in a beautiful Eucharistic moment when I was a young girl and not of the Catholic faith, um, Jesus revealed himself to me. And he called me right then and there, as you said, um, from your Gospel of John, and no one can snatch me away from from him. Mm. And um, so throughout the years, um, I have just grown to know that the Catholic faith is my home, and I am eternally grateful for that gift. And God has given me a song to sing, and I sing it loudly and mightily wherever I can, wherever he leads me, and in whatever he calls me to do. And as it relates to this book, Miracles on Main Street, um, each story told within our book's pages is a sparrow story, because in adoration, all of us have built our nests near his altar, and that's our Eucharistic Lord. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Wonderful. So, so, so tell us, so obviously both of you have such a love and devotion for Eucharistic adoration. Um, you know, maybe tell us a little bit about what prompted um, both of you to get, like how did the two of you come together to write this book and uh, kind of what prompted you to do so? Well, um, that's, um, that's a great question. I, we're in a, um, we're in a Silos um, prayer group together, Kathy and I, and, uh, and I, um, I, when I retired from Archangel Radio um, two years ago, and I, I was um, collecting these stories um, over the years, and at the 10-year anniversary of our Perpetual Adoration Chapel, I was going to just present it just in a little pamphlet to all of our guardians, just as a 10-year anniversary gift. So I was working on it, and I was collecting stories, and people were sharing stories even before I 
started working on it, they would tell me their story as they were moving away or, um, you know, telling me things that happened to them in the chapel. And I was, as the coordinator, the only one hearing them because I was, you know, the one that they would, and I would write them down and have little slips of paper here and there. But Mm -hmm. um, over time, I realized that, um, that this was something that was getting to be bigger than just a little pamphlet for our own Christ the Kingers at the 10 year anniversary. So as Mm -hmm. I gathered it and, and I, I, Kathy had the beautiful blessed Celos group praying for its uh, success. I finally turned to Kathy and said, Kathy, um, okay, uh, would you like to come and help me bring this home? And she said, absolutely. (laughs) So, so the both Mm. of us then, uh, I uh, contacted an editor in Georgia who was beautiful and asked only for prayer, didn't ask for any payment. And he's a very renowned editor, um, wow. Carol Spickett. And he was beautiful uh, because he was so moved by a convert himself to the Catholic faith. He was so moved by what we were sharing with him and the stories that were coming across his, his you know, his pages. He said, I'm going to tell you how to lay this book out. It's going to have a hook. It's going to tell people how to start their own chapels. And mm. I want nothing from you but prayer at that chapel. So we gave him his his um, request. We prayed for him and his family. And, and now the book is just beautiful. Wow, that's wonderful. Now, now, a question for you, Catherine. You, you know, you weren't raised, I guess, in the Catholic faith right off the bat. What introduced you to Eucharistic Adoration? How did you springboard into that? After I became Catholic, um, I was, I, I mean, it was, the whole Catholic faith was so vast and ancient and overwhelming. I just wasn't sure if I would be able to navigate the corridors successfully. Mm. And I turned to our Lord, and I was so delighted to find that he was so close by outside of Mass. At that time, our church had um, the 24-hour perpetual adoration, and I became a part of that, and it just grew and and um, uh, magnified itself so magnificently in my heart that this was something I knew God was calling me to. I've always loved... Um, more of a contemplative style of prayer and mm-hmm. meditation and it is something that God provided for me to really get to know him and to love him. Wow, that's beautiful. Now also Missy, did you you know, you were talking about how you had asked the um, you know, the different pastors about having perpetual adoration. Had you grown up with Eucharistic adoration? Well, I'm a cradle Catholic and um, my husband and I Deacon Ted Schmidt here at Christ the King, we took a trip at the age of 27 to Medjugorje, actually, praying for children, because we were both, he was from eight children, I was from six, we both wanted children, and we were not able to have them back in the 80s, and um, as we as we prayed there, and, and our faith was given to us there, a true, a deep metanoia to the Catholic faith, and um, that that's what kind of started um, our search for how we can best thank the Lord all the rest of our life for what he gave us there. And and on the side, uh, 10 months after that trip in August of 1988, we had a little baby and two years later, another little baby and two and a half years, another baby and two and a half, another, mm. and then two and a half, another. So at five, we had five now all from literally going around the world to make a pilgrimage at the age of 27. So that's kind of what has, you know, been the impetus and and will always be the impetus is that we're so grateful to God for 
you know, just showing us the truth of our Catholic faith, and and the Eucharist was very much a part of that over there. Yeah, and what kind of, what spurred you, you know, I mean, I guess you were saying earlier about the, the scripture verse that is so meaningful to you, but, you know, you weren't willing to settle for for just like so many hours a week. You were pushing for perpetual adoration. What kind of spurred you um, on to that, Missy, that you, were, you weren't willing to just settle for that? Well, the Lord was doing it. He really kept me focused on realizing, I thought, okay, here's 12 hours, Lord, 7A to 7P on a Friday. You know, is this good enough? And and then I, I moved it to 24 hours, and I taught school there for a while, and we got a key a key lock put into the door so we could do a 36-hour overnight. And, and and I just kept feeling like he he wanted more. And then as um, the different pastors would say no for different reasons, I thought, okay, well, then it's done. But as a new pastor came along, I thought, okay, I'll ask another one. And this time in um, 2010, right as my mother had passed away, um, he said, go to a meeting, and it's all in the book. Uh, the formation of the chapel is beautifully laid out in the book that, that he said, go to this meeting of a hundred and let's decide what is the need of this parish. So mm. at that meeting, I was able to talk to the hundred key people there who wanted different things in the parish to, to materialize. And I said, hey, all of these things will happen if we bring our Eucharistic Lord out in this community. And mm. lo and behold, at the end of that meeting, it was the number one, uh, the number one priority that was voted in. And that is all by God's grace. And wow. so it was it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. So I can't I don't take credit. I, I just had I, the nudging and the prompting. And finally, sure. it was like, no, this wasn't enough. OK, more, Lord. Okay, this wasn't enough. So and then we've been able, by God's grace, to help other people start their chapels. And that's why I put that in the book, because so many people have called. We're the very first name on the We Adore Him system, the website, because mm-hmm. we're Alabama. So people call all the time and say, how did you do it? Can we start one? You know, from sure. Arkansas, and we've had Louisiana and, and Dallas, Texas, people have called. And we even helped the chapel start in Mobile, which is in the other, um, right across the Mobile Bay from where we are on the eastern shore. Oh, so okay. okay. Yeah, he's very much, um, it was the Lord's prompting, and it was the Lord's work. Yeah, he wants to be with us all the time, right? So he's, if yeah. we let him, he will be. <laughs> and that's our hope for this book, is that we hope that people will buy this book and realize that everyone, anyone, can start a chapel in their parish, and those will be lights all over the country. Uh, there are 800 chapels right now, perpetual chapels, and we, we're hoping that, by God's grace, that this book will help you know uh, multiply that, and there'll be little lights all over for people who don't even know the Catholic faith and don't even know Jesus is there, we have so many non-Catholics that come to our mm. chapel now because it's mm-hmm. now 13 years old. They know that it's open all day long for anyone to drop in. All and, and all night with little key fobs that we have, but all day long, 6 a.m. to 6 p. And um, one lady who was an agnostic who uh, was given the book by someone here locally that lady was a friend to the person who gave her the book. And so as a friend, she read the book, this, this agnostic. And she kept calling that the woman who gave her the book five times saying, okay, so what is a monstrance? Okay, what is a tabernacle? All right, mm. where, where is this church? Where is this in Daphne? Tell me the street name. She was so drawn by reading this because she read the book as a Christmas gift from her friend. But then she was drawn into even more than just reading a book. So wow. it, it's been remarkable to hear the fruits of this, and we're so grateful to share them with you, too. 
Yeah. Now, if you, uh, if you don't mind, if, if one of you, I don't know if you'd be up to this or not, you don't have to uh, give us a sneak peek of what's in your book, or if you could, or if maybe one of you would like to share just a personal story about um, the impact of Eucharistic adoration in your life. Well, there's... I, Kathy, you might think of one as well. I know there's one that t- touches my heart uh, of this beautiful man who was not Catholic. He had gone along with a friend to an RCIA meeting here just to find out what the Catholic Church was all about. And he was so drawn by the fact that um, uh, we shared at the very end of that RCIA uh, class. I said, walk across the street and come see what is the pinnacle of our faith. And he came to that chapel with the other group of 25, 26 people walking across the street. He took his shoes off. He went in there, and he knelt down, and he said all he heard was forgiveness. He heard Mm -hmm. the word forgiveness. And he shared this story, putting his first, his last name, his city and state. And let me just say, that's a big deal that we have these beautiful 30 stories that are laid out in a meditative format that you can see people have owned these stories. They're not just Susie B. or Johnny M. They are truly first, last name, city and state all around this Mobile area and the eastern shore of Daphne and Fairhope. Um, that one was very moving to me. What about you, Kathy? Well, they're all moving to me. Um, each one is such an expression of God's love. Um, there is one that speaks of the woman had was married, and her husband had an injury and died several weeks weeks later. This was during COVID, and she would spend hours at his hospital room window outside in the Alabama heat um, because she couldn't go in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And he finally passed away. And she would turn to, after her visits with him at the hospital, she would go to the Adoration Chapel and just spend time with Jesus, asking God's grace and strength to fortify her as she moved through this journey with her husband. After he passed away, she went to the Adoration Chapel and sat down and point blank asked Jesus, who am I without my husband? Um, She missed him desperately, and Jesus told her, you are my child. You are, you are always in my care. I will never take my eyes off you. And, and from that point forward, she was rejuvenated and refreshed in God's grace. Wow, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. You know, I, I think we all, you know, have um, any of us that get to go to Eucharistic Adoration can have just those stories, or it doesn't have to be something tremendous, but just you know, I think all of us could speak about the peace that you feel when you go to Eucharistic Adoration, you know. Yes, yes. Um, yes that it's like is... a foretaste of heaven, right? Like in heaven we're going to be in God's presence and, and praising Him and maybe not always using words, but I always feel like that's what it's like when you go to Eucharistic Adoration. It makes you think, well, when I go to Adoration, I feel like I'm getting ready for heaven there because I feel like it might be kind of like that there, you know. Well, Sister Dee Dee Byrne wrote that very endorsement for us um, along with Bishop Joseph Coffey and um, Archbishop Rohde, our own uh, Archbishop, and um, Father Mike Schmitz uh, took the manuscript of the book uh, um, this past summer, and I was asking him for a blessing of the book, and he flipped through the book and he said, um, I'll do even better, could I write an endorsement? But so, wow. so I think what you're just saying is what so many of us know, and we want others to know that, mm-hmm. because I, I, it's just... 
And Eucharistic adoration fosters all kinds of miracles. I mean, of course, there's the visible signs and wonders and healings that we know Christ is capable of doing any time. But there's also those beautiful, quiet little miracles of spiritual growth and transformation that occur in a person's soul as they spend time with Jesus. And those speak volumes. I mean, those are what really transform the world. Mm. Yeah. Why do you ladies think it, this book is coming out in such a timely, like, um, Matt, like, why is why is right now such a good time for this book to, to be coming out and, and for us to share with other people? Well, the book is very timely and powerful and easy to read, and it's a, it'd be a great Christmas gift for evangelization of the true power of our Eucharistic Lord. And truly, um, it's been by God's hand because we... I started on this years ago. Kathy and I joined together. There was no Eucharistic revival going on at that time. It, there's not, there was not such a thing at that point. And now, as the book has come to be, right on the wave of this Eucharistic revival throughout our land, um, um, I mean, we think it's the Lord's timing. And we know that there... We we know our book is on Amazon. It's it's at visitation monastery shops around here. We we know people are getting it in different ways, and they're all getting word back to us that it's been moving them in different ways. So we know that it's God's timing. We we didn't plan that. We had no idea that it was going to work out this way. And and sure. we do want to say our beautiful dear friend um, Deacon Jim Stallnecker, who's been kind of our powerhouse behind all the 800 adoration chapels uh, across our land, he's the one that really took the book when he when he saw it back in September, and he, he's run with the book, and he's gotten people all over the country uh, excited about it, and um, he even raised the money we needed for a National Eucharistic Congress booth in Indianapolis in July, all because of the power of the book. He said this is the timing. He is just a beautiful Eucharistic warrior himself. And, he is, definitely. And, and yeah. sat in Island, New York. And so he, he's just, he, they were marveling. Um, I went up there in September to offer the book as a book launch, and they were saying, gosh, there's Catholics down there in Alabama. Do y'all wear shoes down there? And I said, yeah, we wear shoes. <laughs> I said, we are definitely Catholic down here, too. So it was just such a, like a, a meeting of family, you know. So, But mm. he has been our true warrior. So we, we, we are just so grateful to God and, and to Deacon. Yeah, I'm thankful to him as well because he, he introduced me to you via email. So that was perfect. That was wonderful. Oh, yes. yes, yeah, praise God. Would you what what kind of tips would you ladies give if say um, and I'm I'm speaking about people that are Catholic or non-Catholic but say you want to invite a friend to Eucharistic adoration um, what are like maybe some tips about how to do that and and what to tell them to do to kind of launch them into getting used to going and and how to how to have time with Jesus in Eucharistic adoration Well, Kathy is a good example here because she. Um, she she is the convert. Um, what do you think? I would say if I were bringing someone that had no idea what adoration was, I would invite them to just spend time with Jesus in his Eucharistic presence. And I would encourage them to to fill the time with not only prayer and thanksgiving, but also reading of his word, meditation on maybe um, a holy uh, passage from scripture or uh, a book that they have been reading, um, 
always intercession, always uh, prayers of thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and um, rolling through those things. It's really quite astonishing how fast an hour passes. And and we sure. also have our, our CPA of our um, Miracles on Main Street LLC. Um, he is not Catholic, but he tells me that he goes down at his lunch break right down Main Street because our chapel is at 1505 Main Street. Someone said, oh, is that a euphemism for anywhere USA? I said, no, our, our chapel really is on Main Street. <laughs> I didn't even think that way. But Jeff, uh, he goes down there himself uh, as a non-Catholic, and he says it's the most peaceful break in his day as a CPA just to sit and to just and to take in just the silence of that sacred silence. So I'm, I'm just... Um, I'm just hoping that this book will get into the hands of so many people that don't even understand this concept of Eucharistic adoration and uh, and that it just opens up a whole different world for so many non-Catholics. Oh, just, for sure. Yeah. Now, yeah. now, ladies, I know you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but our, our time is actually almost winding down here. How, how can people um, find out more about the book and just what it's about? Where, where can they go for that? Well, they, uh, they can go to... Um, MiraclesOnMainST.com. Uh, that's MiraclesOnMainST.com. They can go to that website and they can order it uh, on that website through Amazon. Uh, we also have um, uh, them in different stores and around here locally, but um, that's the okay. best way for them to get it. And okay. All and, the and the full the full title of the book is "I Wait I for wait You." For you. Miracles okay. on Main Street, yes, all okay. spelled out. And th- we wanted to make sure to let your listeners know that all the net profits from this book sale are going to the Fathers of Mercy, uh, their Adoration Apostles, supporting Adoration Chapels around the country. And we chose them because they are the ones who came and helped me start this one back in 2011. And we, okay. we reached out to them to let them know. So, um, so yes, it's going to be helping a- Adoration Chapels form around the country, praise God. Wonderful. That's so great. And I encourage you all to, to check that out. And even myself, I, I, you know, after I was introduced to you ladies and, and heard about the book, I have somebody in mind right off the bat that I could, I could get it for. So, um, and I know all of us out there, we have people that are in our families that are Catholic or people that are non-Catholic um, and get that, that book for them because that could be a real game changer and, and it will be a game changer, you know. So, but um, ladies, thank you so much for coming on today and, and um, you know, spending time and telling us about your book. And thank you so much for putting the book together. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you for having us. This thank was wonderful. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah, we're, we're so happy to have you. And, um, again, I encourage you all to check out this book. It would be a great Christmas present. We have three weeks till Christmas, so look into getting that. And, and just, I guess, the final thought is, you know, especially during this Advent season, take the time to go spend um, time in your Eucharistic Adoration Chapel, wherever that might be. I know here in the Diocese of Scranton, 20 minutes from me, we have a Eucharistic Adoration Chapel. Um, and down around the Scranton main area, I believe there's another parish down there as well that has perpetual adoration. So um, look into that, and God bless you ladies, and God bless you all, and have a wonderful rest of your Advent. God bless you. Thank you so much. And Merry Christmas. Yes, thank you. All right, God bless. Till next time. Bye now. <laughs>